Welcome to the Lonely Fan Sports Show. I'm Josh Anderson. In this show, we will look at the MXGP Russia overall. And let's get going. And uh, it was an interesting race. And before we get to that, I'll talk a little bit more about the GPs. I In my last uh, Pro Motocross review, I uh, previewed a little bit of, I talked about the teams and uh, of the MXGP and MX2 classes. And uh, I, I feel like I, when I talk about the GPs, I'm not that overwhelmingly knowledgeable, but I have watched the GPs more and more and more, and I, I, I enjoy I enjoy watching them. I enjoy motocross in general, and it, it's interesting to watch those tracks, uh, at least the different tracks that I go to. Because when I watch the uh, the American Pro Motocross Series, I know those tracks because I watch them over and over and over each year, and I kind of watch old old YouTube videos. Obviously, I go to the uh, Spring Creek Motocross track, and then. I, I watch the Paula, I watch Thunder Valley, I watch uh, Redbud, and so on and so on. So when I watch the uh, MXGP event this weekend on CBS Sports, it's like, wow, this track is so different compared to any American motocross national. It's like, whoa. But obviously... When you're watching it, their camera angles are much different, and you only have Paul Malin. So the, the whole atmosphere is completely different, and the communication, the vibe, everything is just so different compared to what you would get at an American National. Obviously, you get the 15-second board and a 5-second board. You know, at the uh, Nationals, you only get a 30-second board, so... Just the whole thing is just quite interesting, but uh, it's motocross, so you get two 30-minute motos and everything of that. Um, but let's get to the actual racing itself, and I felt that now when it comes to individual races or the championship contenders, I felt and I picked Tim Geiser to win this championship, and... I didn't think that he was going to come out win 1-1, but hell, he did. And he looked astonishing and amazing. And that was, I, I think a lot of Hurlings fans are hurting even today because they know that Tim didn't crash and he looked amazing. Now, Tim can come back next week and score a zero. Obviously, before the COVID hit, that was happening to to Geyser. He was getting you know, he there were some races where he was just destroying hurlings, but then he would score zero and hurlings would still have a twenty point lead on Geyser. But with that said, uh, first moto, Tim just won handily and that was even there was no one in his league. Sagamoto, it was pretty interesting. Obviously, Prado hit him wide, and there was only 29 guys. So even though he he got a bad start, he was ninth after lap run, and 
Cairoli and uh, Faber and Sewer and a lot of the other guys weren't weren't really getting away hurlings you can add in that uh, in that too they weren't really getting away so that was actually helping Tim get up there and but he, he still had to make the moves he still had to run the pace he was running faster lap times than a lot of the top guys and a lot of the guys have to be pretty frustrated with just how their days days went a lot of guys had a lot of up and down days but uh, Tim didn't he ran the pace and he got the max amount of points that you have to do it now when you look at Tim Geiser, it was he, he he won his 250 championship, and I'm gonna call it. The, I, I'm not gonna call it MX1 or or, or MX MXG or, or sorry MX2 class or the MXG. It's 250, 450. Let's just let's just call it what it is. When he won his 250 championship, uh, he 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 benefited from hurlings getting hurt, and. Uh, but with that said, and then he won his first 450 championship based on Curly, so some people felt that that happened. And then his uh, follow-up year, uh, obviously Curly Hurlings moved up, so you didn't know what happened. But then uh, Hurlings won the last two championships. Now people have gotten hurt those two championships, but here's the thing. Geyser has been getting better. And, you know, I've been, I'm listening to the Pulp Show right now, and they have MX Vice on right now. And they made a very interesting point, and I've noticed this too. In the middle of 2020 season, there, a little bit of a switch has kind of happened. And Geyser has taken to another level, and this could be it. And you know the funny, you know, but even, even when uh, you know you look at twenty, I think it was twenty sixteen when Tomac beat him. You know it was nowhere close. Uh, Dungey whooped him in I think twenty sixteen too. I just, I uh, you, you know he he just you know he he seemingly he is a level above where he was then. So if that tends to happen. I think he probably will win the 2021 MXGP Championship. It's just going to have to see if he can stay up and at least keep the start starts up. And it also depends upon if he doesn't hurt himself because he does tend to have the tendency to prone to crash. And that, that is a problem for Tim, but... We do. He does have already a 10-point lead on Jeffrey Hurlings. When we get to him, Hurlings got second place. Uh, obviously, it was a disappointing race. Uh, coming into this GP, uh, there were murmurs that his preseason testing wasn't going well. Obviously, when you look at Ben Watson's results, and it, he beat Hurlings that it was, it was eye-opening. And then, uh, so Hurlings is a little bit off the pace, getting fourth in Moto 1. And then he kind of benefited with a second in Moto 2 with Caroli crashing. So Hurlings was off the pace. So Jason Thomas made the comment in his podcast that if you're Hurlings, you kind of got to back it down. 
a little bit, get points when he can, and then win, win events when it is his strength. With that said, injuries do catch up with you. And we, you always see it with a rider. When he got hurt last year, it, it was an extremely freak injury. And even when you look at 2020 results from Jeffrey Hurlings, you know, 2019, or not 2019, 2018 Jeffrey, Jeffrey Hurlings was, or sorry, 2017, I think when, uh, I think Crowley, I th- I, if we if I have my timetable correctly, 2017, the back half of 2017, when Hurling started winning, uh, Crowley won the championship that year. But 2017, when Hurling started dominating, he looked amazing. And in 2018, he was nobody was better than him. But injuries started to happen. And then, obviously, Geisher won in 2019. So injuries... Are starting to build up and then 2020 happens and you had that injury that occurred so what I'm thinking though is injuries build up and then I, I always think of Trey Kennard and Trey was always able to come back up and, and the reason why I bring this up is that in 2020 Hurlings wasn't exactly lighting the field up like he was in 2018 and he, Hurlings was the points leader because he was the most consistent rider in 2020 before he got hurt. But he, he wasn't like the light lights out rider that he was in 2018. But, you know, he, he was the best guy that year. But like I said, so if it's early, it's only been one race, but. If, if he is at 2020 levels where he's just a consistent guy and he's not the top-line guy and Geiser's taken a step up, hurling uh, all the Hurlings fanboys, it, it's going to be a hurting season because uh, uh, Hurlings could, be, could, could possibly take a step back. Uh, Roman Feber gets third place. He had a great Moto 1, did not have a great Moto 2, but he got third overall. It's just weird seeing a 3 over there. But uh, for Roman, you you, you kind of hoping this is a solid year and you don't get hurt. Obviously, last few seasons, he always has gotten hurt at some point. And that's just one of those things that's just kind of been unfortunate for him ever since he won his one single championship he's never really been never really gotten up there now for his podium position he like i said because of caroli's uh injury he did benefit from that but you know that's what you gotta do you gotta take the advantages that you can do there lapino fourth overall you know he good for him he uh obviously he ran paula a few weeks ago in uh, america so you don't know where the hell this performance came from, but fourth overall, that's that's all you can ask for here. Jeremy Sewer, obviously we see him, bunch of him in the MX2 class. Now he's up to the uh, 450 class. So fifth overall here, 31 points overall. Uh, TKO, sixth overall. Obviously uh, for his first time in the 450 class, good for him. Obviously I... I listened to Mathis's uh, 
preview podcast. Uh, they always say he's a bigger guy, so we'll have to see how he develops in this class. Jorge Prado, uh, Jorge Prado, I have to say disappointing race. Um, it's just uh, crashes at the start, especially Moto 1, and bad start in Moto 2, already 25 points down. He had a good, I mean, Moto, Moto number 1, he had a good start and just crashed. I, uh, that's something you can't do. Is And when you spot Geisher and even Hurling's points like that, you're just digging yourself a hole. And you, you can't do that for towards both of them if you want to win this championship. That's that's just extremely disappointing. Uh, Paul Jonas, uh, obviously, uh, DNF the first round. Or sorry, first round. The first moto. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this year on the gas gas. Uh, obviously, it, it's good for him, the one-time 250 champion. But... Uh, Obviously, he had podium Moto Two, so the speed is there, and he got he got a solid start in uh, Moto Two, so uh, it's just good for him to see there. Jeremy Van Holmbrick, he uh, eighth overall, good for him, and then uh, Caroli uh, should have got podium number two, uh, or at least I'm sorry, second overall on the day. Uh, went down on the finish line jump like a lot of guys did. Just disappointing. A lot of people wanted to see him get the podium over the overall win. Just frustrating to see. A lot of people want him to win championship this year or at least get career win number 100. Overall, though, he did spot uh, Geisher and Hurlings a lot of points. I did, He is healthy, which a lot of people are happy to see. And he will, uh, he's a good starter, so he'll be up there and get some points value back. Tixier was 11th, Tonus was 12th, Van Donick was 13th, and Vanderen had a bad race, 14th. Um, and that's about, that's realistically it that I really want to cover for the GP class, or sorry, the 450 class. When looking at the, and these podcasts I do for the GPs aren't going to be as in depth. Or lengthy as I do as the uh, Pro Motocross Series because, uh, well, I prefer the Pro Motocross Series overall. But I should be doing the GP Series every week because, uh, obviously, I like them so much. I look at the MX2 class. Uh, it's gonna it, When you look at this class, there's only a few notables that we all know. But with that said, uh, Tom Vial is probably going to be the champion. He's going to be the runaway. He uh, got both starts in both classes. He had to fight his way in Moto2, but after he got the lead, he he took off, uh, got maximum points. He'll have an eight-point lead going into the next race, which will be in two weeks. Uh, Ruben Fernandez had an impressive uh, two, uh, two motos. He had to actually fight for his... Uh, po- he had a fight actually for podium position. He actually took uh, uh, Hoffer down, which was very odd. But uh, that was, uh, you know, he took him down very aggressively. But uh, you know what? He wanted the uh, he wanted the podium, which which he got. So uh, good for him. Either way, Vial, well, he got a massive. The only person that's going to be Vial was uh, Yago Gertz. Which Gertz, which came in 
which was announced that he got a knee injury the week before and that it was disappointing for a lot of the fans of the series because Yago was very talented, but he had a very Yago had a better second mode than first, but he's already about 26 points now already down behind uh, Vial. And it's just it's going to be tough for him to even challenge with a knee injury. I don't know how well that's going to be healing two weeks from now, but we'll see. But uh, Vial is probably going to run away from this from this championship. And there's the, the problem I think I have with the MX2 class is just um, they don't really if, unless you actually buy the GP package for America purposes. Uh, you don't really know much about the EMX class, so you don't really know a lot of these up-and-comer riders. So a lot of the Europe, Europe and, and they could argue for us that they don't know much about our Loretta guys, but here's the deal. Our Loretta championships are free online, and I'm not paying money to watch these, so uh, that's just my only argument towards them. So... Either way, the racing was solid overall for both MXGP and the MX2 class, 450 or 250. Hopefully, the racing remains good the rest of the season. Uh, next race will be in two weeks, so there will be GPs and motocrosses. When there are races the same weekends, I will just do podcasts. Um, I'll talk about the GPs and the American are the uh, nationals the same uh, podcast just to overlap it'll just be easier to, than just individual podcasts it's just easier to do it that way so either way that's it for my quick little mxgp review thank you for listening see ya